0: this is jim fleming thanks for listening to this podcast if you'd like to find out more about steward heights or more about our class or if you'd like to leave some feedback you can do so at teachings.jim314.com enjoy the lesson good morning everybody there we go we're in colossians chapter one again this morning Uh, We'll look back at the first 18 verses and then look at uh, today's text, 19 through 23. So if you've got your Bibles, we're in Colossians 1. We'll start in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brethren in Christ who are in Colossae, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, praying always for you, since we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of your love for all the saints ...because of the hope which is laid up for you in heaven... ...of which you heard before in the word of the truth of the gospel... ...which has come to you as it has in all the world... ...and is bringing forth fruit... ...as it is also among you since the day you heard it... ...and knew the grace of God in truth... ...as you also learned from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant... ...who is a minister, a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf... ...who also declared to us your love in the Spirit. For this reason we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you... ...and to ask that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will... And all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you may walk worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing him, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power for all patience and long suffering with joy and giving thanks to the father who has qualified us to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints in the light. He has delivered us from the power of darkness and conveyed us into the kingdom of the son of his love in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by Him all things were created that are in heaven and there are on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things consist. And He is the head of the body of the church who is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things He may have the preeminence. So last week we looked at Jesus is what? above all. He is better than everything else. And this week, we kind of shift to the implications of that and how, uh, how good that is for us as God's children. So verse 19, for it pleased the Father that in Him, in Jesus, all the fullness should dwell, and by Him to reconcile all things to Himself. By Him, whether things on earth or things in heaven, having made peace through the blood of His cross. And you who once were alienated and enemies in your mind by wicked works, yet now he has reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy and blameless and above reproach in his sight. If indeed you continue in the faith, grounded and steadfast, and are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature into heaven, of which I, Paul, became a minister. So today's text is Reconciled in Christ. And this word, uh, reconciled, can be used in a lot of different ways. So I actually looked it up on Wikipedia this week. It can be used, obviously, religiously, relationally. Uh, it's also an accounting term, uh, and it's used in the U.S. Senate. Anybody know about the Senate usage? I read the definition of the Senate like six times, and I still couldn't figure out what they were talking about. So, so if they stay confused, I get it, It's because their the rules are just ridiculous. But, but relationally, it means two sides coming together that were previously at odds. Uh, it's the end of conflict. It's the beginning of harmony. And it's used, used in the Bible. Here's your first blanks. It is God exchanging my separated relationship with Him with a peaceful relationship with Him through the finished work of Christ. My separated relationship with Him with a peaceful relationship with Him. So, verse 19, we'll start there and we'll go through 23 today. So it says, For it pleased, or thought well of, the Father, than in Him, Jesus, all the fullness. Now, now this word fullness shows up a lot of different times in Colossians. It shows up seven different times in a couple different ways. But the, one of the heresies that we think existed in the Colossian church was that Jesus was a God or somewhere in the mix. He wasn't the man. He was somewhere in the mix. So the Colossians thought that, uh, or the teachers in Colossae thought, that there were all sorts of different uh, ranks and hierarchies and levels of importance with things that we could and couldn't see. So when he goes through this last passage that we looked at last week and says Jesus is better than all these things... Paul's basically putting Jesus above all those. But this word, this word fullness, is the word that the Colossian heretics, the, the false teachers would use to describe their gods and how much God was present in the collective pantheon of all their gods. Okay, So they would look at everything that they worshipped and they would say, in all of that together, there is the fullness of God. And Paul is saying, nope, there is fullness of God. But it is in Jesus Christ. So he's directly opposing what these false teachers were teaching. Um, Weir's calls it the sum of all the divine power and attributes of everything that is, that is Jesus. And he is fully God. Um, now, some of you are, are like me. You have a physical handicap. right? How many of you have this physical handicap? I can't see your hands because I took my nose. So. <laughs> now I can see your hands. There we go. So, so I don't see very well. I used to see really well up close. Yeah, I got got nothing anymore. Um, I don't see very well at all because things aren't in focus without my glasses. And one of the commentators says that the Lord Jesus has has brought God into focus for us. Which I thought was a really neat way to say this. It was a, I can see God clearly because the fullness of God came to earth and we have written uh, works about it. So just like I can't see well without my glasses, I can't see God clearly without Christ. So this word, all the fullness... This is everything that is God should dwell. Uh, your blank there is house permanently, to house permanently. And it's really not a uh, we're hanging out for a couple of days or we're hanging out for a couple of weeks or a couple of months. This is, this is I am here forever. Uh, Barnes has an extended quote. I'll read this to you. There's nothing necessary to be done in our salvation which Jesus is not qualified to do. There's nothing which we need to enable us to perform our duties to meet temptation, to bear trial, which he is not able to impart. In no situation of trouble and danger will the church find that there is a deficiency in him. In no enterprise to which she can put her hands will there be a lack of power in her great head to enable her to accomplish what he calls her to do. We may go to him in all our troubles, weaknesses, temptations, and needs, and may be supplied from his fullness. I like that. It's it's there. That's what we've got. We've got everything that we need there. Uh, in verse 20, what does the verse 20 start with? All right, stand up with me, guys. You guys are dead this morning. Stand up. Yes, I will resort to this. That's fine. What does verse 20 start with? And, what did we talk about last week? More. Thank you. There's more. He keeps going with this thing. He, does not, he just can't get enough of Jesus. So, and What? And what? What How many of you have by? How many of you have through? Anybody have anything else? Hey, Breams, you're back. Worldwide tour's over. Welcome back. You have you? You. Anybody else have anything else? So you'll see all these little uh, prepositions. and, And honestly, in Greek, they can be translated like five different ways. It's really pretty close to the same thing. So, and by who? Him. By who is him? By Jesus, by him to what? To reconcile. So what does that word mean? It's to exchange. All right. You're going to want to volunteer for this. You ready? Who has a dollar bill? I really thought somebody would put their hands up. You got a quarter. That's even better. That'll work. So I got a quarter. Can you hang on to this for a second? Sure. Thanks. Don't pull too hard. It's connected. Okay. You've got a quarter, so we're going to exchange. Okay. So how many, are, are, are there any accountants? Yeah, I know. <laughs> are there any accountants in the room? Is anybody an accountant? All right, Jessica. Tell me if this is what the accounting word for reconcile means. He's got a quarter. I'm going to give him a dollar. I want your quarter. Thank you. It's a good is that what reconcile means? No. What does reconcile mean in accounting speak? They have to match. They have to match. And if they don't match, what happens? auditors come yes you you get to meet people who are really not your friends as much as they say that you're your friends right you're an auditor you're wonderful right absolutely absolutely all right so i have a quarter does anybody want to exchange i have a quarter Anybody want to exchange i'm a dime all right who's who said they had a dollar bill anybody got a dollar bill had A dollar bill. don't put it up kristen has got a dollar bill oh you're gonna like this okay here you go hang on again so oh please tell me i'll put it in here julie did you give oh there it is we're going to exchange okay we're going to yeah <laughs> we're exchanging what do we exchange a ten dollar bill for what for what for a one dollar bill now i'm out of ten dollar bills so I'm out of twenty dollars bills too. Me too. I actually took all the twenties out of my pocket lest I got carried away this morning. <laughs> <laughs> Just in case, right? Just in case. You, you, you got it. I did have my glasses on. Yes. Um, so, so Jessica, I'm going to go back to it. Did we make a good accounting switch here? It's not a reconciliation. It's, it's good for for Kristen, right? But that is not reconciliation in accounting speak. So when we say the word reconcile, hello, guys. Reconcile in the Bible. We are not talking about accounting. We are talking taking one relationship and changing it for another. So here's what I'm talking about: the relationship. You have a new relationship in your life this week, right? <laughs> yes. Tell me about your new relationship. I have a new car. She has a new car. Woot <laughs> woot! What will that car need? Gas. Yes yes, <laughs> yes. yes. Will Will you be able to put more gas in it with ten dollars than with one dollar? Yes, so you will have a better relationship. So I took a poorer relationship and changed it out for a better, so you can spend anything. That's right. All right, have a seat, guys. Thank you. So when you see the word reconcile in the Bible, it's an exchange. It's something is being exchanged for something else. So, so what are we doing? We're exchanging what? What's the next couple of words? All things. All things. So what does all things mean? No, it doesn't, Darla. All doesn't mean all. Does all mean all? All means, all? all means all. Yeah, it does. It does. It means each and every individual one. Uh, Robertson's got a great quote on this. He said, sin somehow put the universe out of joint, and Christ will set it right. I like that. This idea, um, my son, is. Uh, we, we, it's ehlers Denlers, right? Am I close even? Danlos. Ellers danlos yeah. Yes. So we have this, um, what's it called? I'm going to come closer to you because you know what it is and I don't. I was in the room too, but I don't remember these things. So, um, it's a connected tissue disorder, right? And what is connected tissue? Does anybody know what connected tissue is? It's joints. So it holds you together. That's why they call it connected tissue. <laughs> yes. That was a joke. It's okay. There'll be more. They won't be better. Um, so, so there are people in the world, like me, who are um, very stretchy. Like, really stretchy? I didn't know I was really stretchy until I went to the doctor and they told me this. But most people can't do this. Yep. Right? You're like, what? You can't do that. Well, if you can, you may have Ehlers-Danlos. Is that, I didn't say it right again, did I? I can't say it right. My kids make fun of me because they can say it right. My son has this. My, my mom has this. It's hereditary. And uh, you generally tend to be more double-jointed or all kinds of stuff. Well, Caleb can actually, like with his shoulder pop his shoulder out, and it's just, it's not okay, right? It doesn't look okay. We tell him not to do it, but every once in a while, he'll, hey, Daddy, look here. I'm like, oh, stop it. Just stop it. That's not okay, you know? But what he's figured out is that the more he does it, the more his shoulder Hurts because it's not okay. Right? It's not God didn't design the shoulder to be up here. He designed it to be right there. So so when He when Robertson says sin has put the universe out of joint, Christ will set it right. That's because the universe needs to be reconciled. It needs to be exchanged. There's a wrong relationship. Sin kicked the domino over and it impacted everything. And Jesus is going to come and he's going to make it right which is good. Um, let's look at Romans 8.21. Romans 8.21. MacArthur's got a really... I, I think he's kind of making a sort of a joke. He didn't make too many jokes in his commentary. But I think he's kind of like... He may have watched some kid cartoons or something this that week when he wrote this. But what's Romans 8.21 say? Who's got it? Creation itself also will be set free from its slavery to corruption and to the freedom of the What's Lord. in slavery? Creation. creation. Does that sound like a person? No, it kind of sounds like a thing, right? Like all of creation. The universe is in slavery. When Adam and Eve sinned in the garden, it impacted more than man. It impacted the universe. The universe is broken. So when you have those bad days, when you go like, why is everything broken? Because it's broken. And there's not an answer until Jesus comes and reconciles it and fixes it. And it will happen one day. So MacArthur's quote here, it says it's almost like we might say that God will make friends with the universe again. I thought it was funny. I think he is making a joke there. So he is. So, so what does he reconcile it to? Sorry, we right, we're gonna go back to our accounting term here. Right, so reconciliation means what? Things have to they have to match. And if they don't match, what do you do? And you make an adjustment. You make an adjustment. <laughs> and what is an adjustment? Do you add to, or basically, you have to account for the difference. You got to find it, and you got to fix it, and it's got to match. Because at the end of the day, it's got to match. And if it doesn't match, we get to talk to auditors. <laughs> yes. So. So what is he reconciling all things to? Because you've got to have something that is right, that is, that is, you're going to reconcile it to. It's got to balance. So what's he reconciling it to? What? So, all right. When was the last time that you went in and you audited somebody? You didn't know. I was really praying you were going to be here today, so I'm really glad you are. <laughs> um, when was the last time you went in and audited somebody and it didn't match? That, that happens, right? It does happen. And somebody went, that's okay. I reconciled it to myself. Would you, as an auditor, accept that answer? No. Why? Because they're probably Because <laughs> <laughs> that sounds sketchy, right? Yes, that sounds sketchy. The good thing is, when Jesus reconciles the entire, I mean, think about this the entire universe. That just hurts my head to think about. To reconcile the entire universe. When he reconciles it to himself, he is reconciling it to the only thing that is true and right. That's pretty cool. There's only one thing you can reconcile it to, and it's God. So that's what he did, which is beautiful. So what's he reconciling? Whether things, where? On the earth or where? Things in heaven. Whether on the earth or things in heaven. Now let's go to Philippians 2. 9, 10, and 11. I'm going to show you a different way to slice things up because the commentators just go berserk over this. He reconciles things in heaven because they go, what in heaven needs to be reconciled? And it'll make your head hurt if you think about that too long. So we're going to go look somewhere else for just a second. Philippians 2, 9, 10, and 11. Who's got it? Dave, you got it? So who are we talking about? Just talk about Jesus. Talk about okay. Jesus. That's right. No. That at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, of those in heaven and those of earth and those under the earth. That every those, those three places are again where heaven, those on the earth and those under the earth. Three different locations. Okay, let's keep going. And that every tongue shall confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So where are the three places that people will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? Heaven, honor, and under the earth. What would we be talking about with under the earth? Hell. hell right, okay. That's a biblical euphemism for hell. <clears throat> so go back to Colossians. Where are the two locations here? Heaven and on the earth. And say under the earth. There are people in the world called universalists who believe that, that God will reconcile every person to himself and that all will be saved. And they use this passage to, watch me, prove it, air quotes here, that is not what this passage teaches. On the earth and in heaven will be reconciled to him. It does not say anything about under the earth. Phillips has a great quote on this. He says, God, God's reign extends to three realms, on the earth, under the earth, in heaven. His reconciliation extends only to two realms, on the earth and in the heavens. Okay? So, whether things on the earth, whoops, get my hands right here, things on the earth or in heaven, having made peace. Now, I use this example whenever I talk about peace in the Bible. So the the UN, the United Nations, has people that we pay to go to different places and do what? Keep the peace. To keep the peace. This is different than making peace. Keeping the peace is what we do in our house with our kids. We try to get them not to kill each other because we don't want to show up in the paper because that's awkward, right? So we keep the peace. This is not the word for keeping peace. This is the word for making peace. This is, there is a war. We're going to go into it and we're going to make peace. Totally different concept. Another way to translate this, and a lot of the commentators use this word, is harmonizing. That's your blank. Harmonizing. It's taking two things that are different. <coughs> And bringing them together in a way that they are better as a result. Now, I'm not a musical person, so I will not attempt to uh, brutally abuse musical terminology, but there is a thing called two part harmony and a thing called four part harmony. Am I right, Dave? Uh, Yeah. Yes, excellent. (laughs) He phoned a friend, that was good. All right. Uh, I like four part harmony. I think it sounds I like a cappella four-part harmony. I think it sounds really, really cool. Because you hear something that is completely different than each individual person singing. The the group is better than the individual parts. That's what this is. The piece is made. The harmony is there. There is now a relationship that is right, that is better. Than it was before. It's a beautiful picture of diversity and unity. Because each individual singer is still singing something different. Right? But they're singing in the same direction. Okay? They're different, but they're singing in the same direction. So, having made peace through what? Through the, the blood. And we go... Jim, it's Sunday morning. Yes, it is. And the Bible is a bloody book. Um, I'm going to go back to you, Jessica. Where are you at on your 90-day? Day 23 or 24. So you're almost a third of the way through. So you're in what? Chronicles? Kings? Chronicles? Okay, cool. Um, have you experienced... So you've read Genesis through the beginning of Kings. Have you experienced any blood so far? Yes, it's worse than Game of Thrones, isn't it? Yes, it is. Um, uh, sorry, that was just, I don't know where that came from. I was on vacation this week and read too many articles about too many stupid things. So uh, so, so there is blood in the Old Testament, right? Is there a lot of blood in the Old Testament? Yes, it is not PETA approved. It is not. Um uh, MacArthur has a neat quote in here. He says, Bloodshed was God's design for all Old Testament sacrifices. They were bled to death rather than clubbed or burned. God designed that sacrificial death was to occur with blood loss as a vivid manifestation of life being poured out. It is not pretty. It was not designed to be pretty. It is not neat and tidy. It is messy. Somebody's hands get messy with sacrifice. Every time. And that's what sin requires. Sin requires a blood sacrifice. So he made peace. He harmonized through the blood of his cross. So it was messy and it was ugly and he didn't shy away from it. And verse 21 begins with what? And there's more. Yes, there is. You, so he's talking to Colossians, but indirectly to us who were once alienated or strangers or non-participants. I think I put, did I put the Robertson quote in there? There's not a Robertson quote in there? All right. So sometimes there's really complicated things in the commentaries. This is the paraphrastic perfect passive participle. I'd never seen the word paraphrastic before. Googled it. Google didn't know what to do with that. Those are the words that make me nervous when google goes yeah i got nothing (laughs) took me 0.0 seconds to tell you i got nothing right um the paraphrastic perfect passive participle means a continuing state so you who were once alienated you're in this continual state of alienation and enemies are hateful hostile foes in your where in your mind so we were enemies in our mind we hated god in our mind Uh, Philip says sin alienates us from God mentally and morally. Mentally and morally. Because we think about the moral aspect of it. We think about we missed the mark, we had some wrong behavior, we acted out in some way, but it broke my brain too. Remember when we talked about sin, that domino that kicked off that ruined everything in the universe, it broke not only Adam and Eve's bodies, it broke their brains too. We don't think the right way. So we're enemies in your mind by wicked, or I think I put all the words in your handout. Hurtful, evil, disease, degenerate, culpable, derelict, vicious, mischievous, guilty, sinning, bad, evil, grievous, harmful, lewd, malicious, wicked. However you want to slice it. Bad. By bad works. So the mind comes out in the actions, right? Comes out in the actions. Yet now he has reconciled. Who has reconciled? Jesus to reconcile. yeah. Barclay's quote here is, the initiative in reconciliation was with God. I didn't know I was broken. I didn't know I was missing. I didn't know I was not reconciled to God. He knew it. He took actions before I ever existed to fix it. Well, thank you very much. That's pretty awesome. I really like going into either a restaurant or a store of some kind and and having somebody come up to me that works for that company and fix a problem I didn't know I had. You ever had one of those? You're like, oh, I didn't, I didn't realize that was even an issue, and you just came and you took care of it. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Um, anybody ever been to the melting pot before? We were on vacation this last week. We went to the melting pot. We took the kids for chocolate. <laughs> Worked out pretty well. We had a long lecture about this is hot. Let's not go to the ER, right? Uh, and so, so our, our waiter comes out, and he does, you know, here's the pot, and here's the chocolate, and we stir it up, and he lights it on the fire, and ooh, yay, you know. And we start to eat, and uh, uh, we come back out, and, and, you know, Anna Grace is gluten-free, so she can eat some of the stuff that they brought out, and some of it she couldn't, and, and she was like, man, I wish I could have some more of these. And the guy comes out, and he's like, um, I can bring you some more of some things if you'd like. Oh, How cool is that? You're just Johnny on the spot, aren't you? He brings her all this, like, a couple more trays of things, and her eyes are just, like, this big, you know. (laughs) She consumes it all. She's good to go, right? And dealt with something that I didn't even know. I didn't know she wanted more because she's not going to put anybody out, right? Because I don't want anybody to know that I exist. So if I speak, (laughs) if I speak, then people will know I exist. So I didn't know she wanted more. He offered and dealt with a problem I didn't know that I even had. God does the same here, except it's more than just brownie bites. No, she didn't get the she got the strawberries. Brownie bites would kill her. Yeah, good. All right. <laughs> gluten, Jim. No gluten. There we go. All right. He has reconciled, this is the same word used in back in 20. In the body of his flesh through death. I love this is this might be my favorite quote from today's lesson. In the work of reconciling. this is Gazek. God In the work of reconciliation, God didn't meet us halfway. God meets us all the way and invites us to accept it. I love that. Just all the way. Let's go take care of it. He reconciled us in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. Now, this present means to stand beside. Matthew, can you help me for a sec? It means to stand beside. Now, I got to read something really cool in the bulletin this morning when I came in that I didn't know. Probably should have checked with this beforehand, but we'll see if it works. Is that a correct statement, our newest members, Matthew yes, Wangler? Awesome. So I'm going to present you. Did you get presented last week or did you do it in Growth Track? I did it in Growth Track. You did it in Growth Track. So I'm going to present you to our class this morning. This is Matthew Wangler, and he is now a member of Stewart Heights Baptist Church. Thank you. How cool is that? Awesome. Awesome. So, so this is a tiny, 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 like little nanobite of what Jesus is going to do for us. The word present means to stand beside. Who's he going to present us to? To his daddy. He's going to stand beside and say, This is Matthew. He's mine. He is holy. He is blameless. Who do you think God's going to believe? He's going to believe Jesus. That's right. He's going to believe himself. And it is a beautiful, beautiful picture of... What did you do again? Oh, nothing. That's right. Yeah. We didn't bring anything. To, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Your hands are cold even through your t-shirt. Yes, I know. Sorry. <laughs> See, my hero is going to stand beside me and present me. He's going to present me holy. What's the next word? And blameless. Now, sin is vertical. Blameless is horizontal. Uh, Blameless is you you can't be blamed, which kind of sounds obvious, right? Uh, And above reproach. Now, this is a neat word. Um, All right, Miss Rachel, what is the name of the young lady next to you? Grace, hello Grace, Hi. I'm Jim uh, Grace, you're how old? Ten. ten years old, excellent Have you committed mass murder? No, no. <laughs> How many of you thought that was an odd question for me to ask Grace? You may think that was an odd question for me to ask Grace? Yes, it was an odd, I appreciate you answering no Because if you'd answered yes, you'd have totally ruined the example right? <laughs> and it would have wigged us all out So, um, so, so of course she has a, she's ten years old Why in the world would I think that is even possible? That's what this word is, the above reproach. This is a word, it's a a legal word, it means in a court of law, that if somebody accused or brought a charge against somebody, that everybody in the room would go, who? What? What? You can't possibly think that that person did this. And this is used of us standing in front of God. Because of what Jesus did. So Jesus is going to introduce us to God in a holy, blameless, above reproach. So that when we stand before God, God will not even be able... It's, it's, I struggle with even saying this. The thought will not come into His mind that we could be guilty. <coughs> Jesus is better. How awesome is this God that we serve, right? Above Reproach in his sight, literally, directly in front of. So where will you go to hide when you are directly in front of God? Where will you hide when you stand directly in front of God? Because God is the one who sees all and who knows all. All will be laid bare. And the only acceptable defense will be Jesus. That's it. If Jesus is not your defense, then you're guilty. That's it. Barnes has a neat quote here. There will be none to accuse us before God. The law will not accuse us, for the death of their Redeemer has done much to honor it as their own punishment would have done. God will not accuse us, for He has freely forgiven us. Our consciousnesses will not accuse us, for our sins will all have been taken away. Satan will not accuse us. Because he'll have been dealt with too. (laughs) I like this. This is good stuff. It's, it, to me, it's, his little, it's a, a, the beautiful next step of John chapter 8 where uh, Jesus and the woman in John 8, when he turns to her and he says, where are your accusers? Right? There's nobody accusing us at that point. So verse 23. And verse 23 starts off kind of wonky, and I'll explain this for just a second. It says, if indeed you continue in the faith. And the if is just a, um, it's a really bad translation. Uh, I'll read you Phillips' quote here. Here the word if is followed by a verb in the indicative mood. In other words, there's no doubt about it. What we have here is then it's definite loyalty. Paul is not casting doubt on our salvation. He's saying that a person who is generally saved will most assuredly con- continue in the faith. Uh, and I- Paul actually uses this word if in 1 Corinthians 15, 12 and 1 Corinthians 15, 14. So flip over there real quick. 1 Corinthians 15, 12 and 14. He uses this exact same grammatical structure and uses it several other places, but these are pretty obvious. There's a way to use if in Greek that doesn't mean the English use of if as a condition. It's like this is going to happen, and since this is going to happen, other things are going to happen. So 1 Corinthians 15, 12, who's got that? Ms. Darling? If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead. If it is preached that Christ has been raised from the dead. So is Christ raised from the dead? Yes. Yes. So does the if mean if this is true? No, not at all. What's verse 14 say? And if Christ has not been raised... Has Christ been raised? Yes. Yes. So so it can go either way. It can either mean if, duh, this is true, or if, duh, this is not true. The assumption is the reader understands that it is because of the mood that it's in. So back to verse 23. If, indeed... You continue or remain in the faith grounded and steadfast. These are two neat words. The word grounded means to lay a foundation for. Uh, I want you to picture, uh, y- y'all have been to 27 recently? Highway 27? Yes. What is different about Highway 27 uh, near the... Traffic, it, it, it moves now, right? Yes. <laughs> Traffic flows. Did it not flow for a long time? Yeah. So here's my question. How much time did they actually spend paving itself? Not long at all. Paving it, right? How long did they get ready get ready to pave it? Forever and ever, amen. Right? It never. It was like, come on, just where's the where? Could could they have just laid pavement down right on the grass? Yeah, and how long would that have lasted? Not Not very long at all, right. This word grounded is laying the basis for. If you continue in the face, grounded and steadfast. Now I'm going to show you what steadfast means. Here's your blank. Steadfast means seated. What do we sit on? Our Things that we are sure are going to hold us. Right? Steadfast in what? What's the verse say? In faith. And who gives us the faith? God gives us the faith that we use. Steadfast in the faith. I can sit down and relax because of what God has done for me. Now, I can't see my notes, so I'm going to stand up and go see my notes. Uh, But theologically speaking, I can sit down and relax. Relax. And we are not moved away, which means to stir up or to remove. We are not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard, which was preached to every creature under heaven, of which Paul, I, Paul, became a minister. You say, Jim, so what's the point? Well, application number one, who reconciles us? God reconciles us. So what do I do with that? Well, the personalize, stop working for it. God reconciles. That means I'm not reconciling. If I'm not reconciling, I'm not working. Application number two, God presents us. He stands beside. So what do I do with that? Stop trying to look good. There is nothing that I can do to make myself look good standing in front of God. Jesus does all that for me. Application number three, what's the point? The gospel does not change. So what do I do? Stop messing with the gospel. Amen. Right? The gospel the gospel. Just stop messing with it. I like these kind of what, the applications. What do I do? What do I do? Nothing. Stop. Jesus did it. Jesus is better. It is Christ above all. Christ above all things. So that is week five of Colossians. There will be more. I'm excited about the more. Because there are more ands, Jesse. There are more ands in this book. I'm excited about those. All right. At your tables is a piece of paper. If you will take a sec and uh, put your prayer requests on the weekly update, make sure everybody's name, even the little ones, even the 10 and 11-year-olds, yes? Everybody's name is on the bottom uh, in the attendance section, if you would. Take a sec and pray as a table for those prayer requests. We are going to take the tables and chairs down today, all except for this middle one. We will leave this middle one up, but all the other tables and chairs do come down today. You're exempted from the work, so you, you stop today. That's awesome. All right, thanks for coming today, guys.